Hey everybody, this is Michelle with Mishmash. How's everyone doing today? I hope good, I hope wonderful, I hope excellent. I'm doing okay. My voice is cracking a little bit. But I wanted to get right back into um, PDA, talking about PDA. And today we're going to talk about parenting strategies. And I'm right back at the HES Extraordinary, sorry, HES dash extraordinary.com if you want to check it out um and so yeah let's just jump right in if your child has pathological demand avoidance using the right positive parenting strategies can reduce the amount of avoidant behavior and also lessen anxiety making your child feel better number one reduce demands at early signs of stress when you when you notice your child getting drought sorry <laughs> stress <laughs> Uh, when you notice your child getting stressed, scale back on the number of demands you're giving them. A little time and space without any demands can help them feel more at ease again. Be aware of subtle cues that indicate your child is stressed or anxious. This includes changes in body language or tone of voice, fidgeting, reddening of the cheeks, etc. As soon as you notice these signs or notice these cues, give your child some space and wait for before making any more requests. So I couldn't pinpoint anything like this when my daughter was younger, but I definitely try to keep this in mind now. And it's not even like checking out for signs of stress. I understand that she is constantly under stress. So I try not to make any demands. it's a little tricky and I have not perfected this by any fucking means. Let me make that clear. I do not have, I do not know how to parent a PDA child. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm just doing the best I can because there's a lot that goes with this that I may or may not get into. But I understand that my daughter has PDA and she is always under stress and I try to lessen her load. That could mean like she might come to me um, for me to tie her shoes or take her shoes off. I will do that. She might ask you to come into her room and get her remote and turn on the TV when the remote's right next to her Um, because I am hooked up to my dialysis machine that falls to my husband but you know that's something I don't mind doing generally if I am able to or turning on her light when she's in her room and I'm in my room and she's like can you turn off the light I will go do that I um I'm trying to think of other ways or other ways this comes up I don't expect chores from her Um, I don't expect her to do anything in particular besides school. That's the only thing that I'm like, non-negotiable, you gotta go to school. But I tried to give her days off, which actually has been really bad this year. (laughs) I like, She's in fifth grade, so school's getting real now. um, And she's had a lot of days off. And now it's to the point where I'm like, you can't have any more days off. But like, in general, we're pretty chill about staying home if you need to stay home um those are just some examples 
I can't think of anything else, but it's pretty much a daily thing where I'm just like, I'm trying to alleviate your demands and your stress as much as I possibly can to make things easier for her. Um, Two, pick your battles. This is a big one. (laughs) This is a big one. If you know every, if you know, sorry, if you know everything you ask your child to do is going to lead to a blowout fight, carefully consider the importance of a request before making it and pick your battles. Some things are necessary and unavoidable, like going to school, just what I was talking about. But some things can be put off, at least for a while. For example, do you really need to spend the entire evening trying to make your child clean their bedroom when you can just close the door? Baby, baby, okay? Hold on, I'm gonna get into that one. (laughs) These non-essential demands can be addressed another time when your child is feeling more cooperative. Also, as you learn better ways to communicate with your child, it will become easier to make these demands without a corresponding meltdown. There's a lot there. Hold on. (laughs) So getting into the, um, just in general, pick your battles, pick your fucking battles. Okay. This is something I've had to tell my husband a lot. Um, this is something I, I had to learn because baby, I'm always ready for a fight. (laughs) When I want things to be my way and I don't understand why things aren't going my way. Okay. Um, I had to fucking chill the fuck out and be like, that's okay. Listen, it's not okay for me. But, <laughs> but it was like, it's not worth it. It's not worth the major meltdown. It's not worth the fucking stress. It's not worth the tears. It's not worth the yelling. It's not fucking worth it. And I have to sit there and think about like, is this something I want to fight over? Is this worth a whole fucking fight? Same, like I said, I've had to express this to my husband as well, like, is this worth the fight to you? And he's having a harder time with it. He'll get there at some point. But I'm now at the point where I'm like, it's fine. I have a better understanding of PDA. I have a better understanding of everything that's going on. I have a better understanding of myself and working on myself, which I think is a major thing. And I'll get into more shit like that. Just hold on. But just basically, is it worth it? The the bedroom, cleaning the bedroom is a perfect fucking example because her room is a huge mess. It's disgusting, okay? The only non-negotiable I have is the food in her room. She eats in her room, keeps a lot of the food, and there will be maggots everywhere. And I'm like, listen that's not okay not only is it not okay to have maggots in your room it's not okay to have mold in your room I'm never gonna be okay with food just rotting in your room and she has straight up said I don't have a problem with it so it shouldn't be your problem it's my fucking problem because I care about you (laughs) is the argument so she gets mad every single time that my husband goes in there and cleans up her room and the only thing we do the only thing we touch is the food and I've said that to him like I don't care about anything else everything else can be a mess but I cannot have food in there that's my boundary when it comes to that and I will say 
along with the pick your battles, and maybe they'll mention this later, you definitely have to have boundaries because everything can fly if you're trying to lower demands, but not everything can fly, okay? That's the battle I'm willing to pick is you can't have fucking rotting food in your face while you're sleeping, okay? <laughs> sometimes sometimes I just step outside of my body and I look at my life and I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is happening right now? Why do I have to argue with someone about having maggots by their face? What? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I will not allow that to happen. And despite her getting mad every time that we quote unquote go in her room, I will continue to go in her room and take food out. Um, she does have to go to school. It's just those certain things, but I do try to keep it as low demand as possible. But again, you have to have boundaries. There are some boundaries that are non-negotiable and it will be worth the fight. Um, wait, I think there was something else I wanted to speak on when it comes to this. Right. Better ways to communicate with your child. That's the thing I'm working on currently, trying to figure that out because it's really hard. It's really hard because I realized that, well, because I'm realizing what's going on with myself. Neither neither me or my husband really knew that either one of us was autistic, okay? We just knew that we were different. <laughs> that was it. And so... I'm learning, I'm learning about autism, I'm learning about ADHD, I'm learning about PDA, I'm understanding how it affects me and my life and my relationships. I'm spouting this knowledge onto my husband and he's doing whatever he's doing with it. <laughs> he, he doesn't, he doesn't always tell me everything. So I, I, I kind of know what's going on there, but not as much as I know what's going on with myself, you know. And then I have to teach this or change the way I'm dealing with my kids. But at the same time, I'm learning. So that's the thing that makes it hard. So people who maybe were brought up better (laughs) or maybe maybe aren't neurodivergent um, might know how to communicate, but I've never learned how to communicate very well. The best way I know how to communicate is write. And I can't be writing people all the time. And also, that's not the best way. Like, tone-wise, it's not the best way. It definitely doesn't help when it comes to, like... Excuse me. When it comes to, um... Demands. Requests. Anything like that. But this is such an important part, is learning how to communicate... Because you want to be clear, you want to be concise, you want to, <laughs> the best The best way I can describe it is like you want to fluffy up your language without it being too fluffy because too fluffy is bullshit and that's not going to be taken seriously. Um, but you don't want it to be too direct, too direct, like do this because that will also be a no. So there's a certain way you kind of have to talk to your PDA 
where it's real but not not too direct not too real and it's difficult and again I have not figured this out just yet (laughs) like I have not perfected that but I know that that is true uh third one is dice what what was I gonna say disguise demands Try using indirect... Oh, so this is exactly what I was just talking about. Try using indirect language so your demand doesn't sound like a demand. Your child will be more likely to cooperate if they don't feel like they're being ordered to do something. Instead of saying things like, you need to go clean your room, try asking a question such as, what's your game plan for your bedroom this weekend? I'll tell you right now, that also wouldn't work with my daughter. (laughs) Um, or try making it competitive by saying things like, I bet we can't get all these toys off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that would never work. Uh, I bet we can't get all these toys off the floor in less than five minutes. Let's try to beat the clock. Uh, maybe when she was very, very little, like baby status, toddler status, that might have worked. Uh, obviously, it's not going to work for an 11-year-old, 12-year-old. She's 12, 11, 12, something like that. she's turning 12 she's 11 uh it wouldn't work for that now but so this is the thing where I'm like it's kind of tricky and I haven't perfected it but just like what I was talking about you you want to fluffy it up but don't have it be too fluffy but definitely don't have it be too direct either uh four allow time to observe instead of telling your child that they must participate in a family activity leave an open invitation and give them the time to observe when they see others enjoying themselves they will be more likely to make the choice to join in for example your brother and i are going to paint rocks you can join if you want um you can join if you want if your child refuses say that's okay you can just watch and then go about your activity wait for them to approach the activity on their own and then allow them to participate um i would say yes (laughs) yes for me i had to be okay with my daughter not wanting to do things with the family First of all, it would really fucking hurt my feelings. <laughs> like, being honest, it would really hurt my fam- feelings when she would choose to not do stuff with us. Um, now I kind of realize that she might have been burnt out and just needed some time. And it was not a personal thing. I was just taking it personally. But a really good example, I guess of this would be um a few years ago every year i take um birthday photos of the kids i don't know if i've done it the last few years because i've been kind of busy with other stuff all this medical stuff but um generally every single year i take a birthday photo of them there was one year that I was going to take them to the park and we do photos. My daughter did not want to come. She wanted to go to our friend's house instead. I was really upset and we were fighting about it because I knew that I couldn't do it any other day because that's the other option. Be flexible. Be really fucking flexible about shit and try to move things around. Um, 
and not be so rigid, right? I'm telling you, my daughter has taught me so much. <laughs> has changed me for the better, but it's a lot. Um, yeah, I couldn't. There was I couldn't be flexible in this. I had to do it that day. And ultimately, she chose not to go. It really bummed me me out. And I just had to be okay with that and not be an asshole about it. Um, My son got a picture that year. She didn't. I think later on in the year, when she saw that there was only a picture of uh, her brother, she was like, I wish I had a picture. And I was like me too (laughs) I wish you had a picture too um and that was just that like I couldn't push it more it was a fight like I was not at the point where I could have let that go but also that was very important to me um but I can't I can't force anybody to do anything and that's kind of like my man my mantra I can't force anybody to do anything I'd like to but I can't um and she didn't want to. So it wasn't so much of an, um, she could observe and join in. She missed out on something. Uh, hopefully <laughs> when the opportunity arises every year, she'll remember that and be like, okay, I should actually do this. Um, but I think the other thing is like not holding shit against them for, for that, for doing their own thing, for anything like. I don't know for anything really you can't hold shit against them and be like well this happened or you did this or you made this decision that's another thing I really had to let go of I think that's something that's taught with parenting uh I wouldn't say that it's taught to like (laughs) hold shit against your child but it will be like let these natural occurrences happen and I think with the natural occurrences the expectation is like something happens and then they regret it or feel that consequence and then you're like well that's what happens and I don't like doing that because I don't think that's fair and I especially because I don't think there's a lot of thought of future consequences or anything that could happen so I don't really want to rub it in her face like well you didn't think about this so this is your fault that's how I equate it it's just like okay I'm sorry you know try to have things move on and be I be okay with it and try to have her be okay with it and just have it be a lesson rather than a like I don't know I just picture like rubbing your dog's nose and shit when they pooped on the floor like I don't want it to be like that sort of thing uh next one use their interests chances are your child has their own special interests that they enjoy more than anything else when there's something you need your child to do you should immediately be asking yourself how can I make this task about x One great way to incorporate their interests into their responsibilities is with power cards. Um, Okay, I don't know what that is, but they talk about, or they have example of power cards. Uh, You can go to the site if you're interested in that. (laughs) 
Another way to incorporate their interests is by using them to create motivating rewards to entice their child to complete their responsibilities. It can be tricky to motivate children with pathological demand avoidance, but they have a guide that helps. Eh, I feel like it's hard. It's still hard. I wouldn't even use this necessarily, and I definitely don't. I have tried. <laughs> I have definitely tried using interests in things that are important to her as uh, motivation or yeah as motivation I guess and it just generally doesn't work I think now that she's older money definitely works um, but it has to be a good amount of money <laughs> god it can't be like a small amount of money it has to be a good amount of money so like that makes it a whole lot more difficult because I'm not rich uh so I don't know about that one but you could try it out and see how it works for your kid uh six avoid confrontations and arguments this is pretty straightforward but sometimes as parents we engage in arguments and confrontations with their kids because we feel that naturally as the parent our child should listen to us that's a hard one to mentally get over um, I think it's a, partly a control thing, but also just the generational, like, you listen to your parents and no questions asked, you know what I mean? Or if questions are asked, you, <sighs> how do I put this? Like, I feel like, well, whatever, like, you, you allow your child to ask questions, but, like, as a parent, you could shut it down or answer in a very, like, nice parental way but you still have the expectation that your child will do something and I had to learn like my child has full free will she is her own fucking person I can't again I cannot force somebody to do something so um I want her to listen to me but she ain't going to listen to me she's gonna do what she want to do uh, so there's not even a point in fighting in things where it's like forcing my will upon her. That's not worth it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't, I, I don't suggest that for PDA kids. Um, unfortunately that makes everything worse and leads to unnecessary power struggles. That's 100% what happens. Uh, it can get to the point that your child will persistently resist doing something just because you brought it up. Yep. Uh, to avoid confrontations and arguments, if you ask your child to do something and they refuse, simply say, okay, leave it at that. Be done with it. Move on with your day. Honest. This doesn't mean they get to do what they want. It means you're avoiding a confrontation. You need to reconsider all the other strategies for dealing with pathological demand avoidance and then reapproach the demand in a different way. So... That's the thing, and this is also something I have not perfected. Um, I, I have, I'm, well, I was going to say I have perfected letting go. That's a lie. I'm much better at it. And I, in general, generally I let things go, but I haven't found that line of like, if I want things done. But I think at the same time, I'm kind I just have a different way of thinking about it than uh, before. Whereas before it was very rigid. Again, I have PDA, I have autism. So it was like, it was very rigid and I say to do something and you should do it. 
and even better is if you do it immediately to be perfectly honest like I don't like waiting around for my request to be filled um and I know I sound like an asshole but I'm just trying to be really really honest like I don't treat anybody like come on right now but like in my head that's what's happening but I'll be a lot more patient like outwardly and very much more nice (laughs) but um I've had to let go of I had to let go of that I had to be like I don't I think like what I was talking about before I don't have expectations of uh, my daughter I don't put expectations on either one of my kids I let them be who they are and I am accepting of who they are I think that's another big thing because you can be hands-off and be like well whatever and then kind of resent them for that but like it's very different when you're like I accept that this is who you are I accept that you need more help I accept that you're not going to do the things that I want you to do or do it in the way that I would like you to do it and that's okay that's very very okay it can be seen as me being run over on and for a while there was a period of time when I was moving out of or shifting my expectations where that's what it felt like like I was being taken um, advantage of and I feel like more than anything to be perfectly honest that has to do with how you see yourself I had to change how I saw myself to be okay with that if you have a low self-worth and I know this sounds crazy, but I swear to God, this is true. If you have a low self-worth and you see yourself as a piece of shit and then somebody is like reinforcing that because they have um, this demand thing, or it could be for something else, whatever else might be going on with someone else, but they're reinforcing it because they're asking a lot more out of you or, or not doing things the way you want it done or making a lot of requests out of you or whatever things aren't the way they should be um hierarchy wise right you have that idea in your head and you see yourself as low on the hierarchy but you feel like this person should be lower and they are treating you as an equal or like they're higher just based off of your understanding of this hierarchy because that's all it is then you're gonna feel shitty about it And you're going to feel like, well, you're treating me less than. That's not a fact. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's not a fact. And that was something that was hard for me to kind of understand. When I started building up my self-worth and understanding that I'm not low on the hierarchy. Then it was a different way of thinking about things it was a different way of seeing things it wasn't that my child was trying to be above me it was just they're trying to get by and I can aid them in any way you know I want to aid them in any way that I can that's all it is you know what I mean sometimes the request might be crazy but that's because that's what's needed because they're burnt out and they're feeling crazy you know what I mean and they need the extra help that's that's the way I see it now but to get to this point 
of my understanding like that, I had to do a lot of self-work. And I do think that is very important with parenting and how you see parenting and how you see your kids, how you see anybody, to be perfectly honest. So I would suggest that as well. And I don't think that's going to come up in here, but that is just my experience. Give plenty of choices since it's since it's believed that pathological demand avoidance is driven by anxiety the need to be in control it makes sense that giving your child more control through choices will help them of course you can't have a free-for-all where they have full control over everything but um but we can help kids feel like they have more control by giving them choices you can use the forced choice method that gives them two options with the same outcome uh for example would you walk would you like to walk to school or ride your bike to school today or would you like to shower tomorrow morning when you wake up or tonight before bed some kids respond well to this some don't my child no that would never work it never has (laughs) if you see that they really aren't getting much of a choice at all it won't be helpful or if they see that they're not getting a choice, it won't be helpful. You can also give them more open choices. Your child should have as much freedom to make their own choices as possible. So there's more here, but I don't want to get into it. I'm trying to not have this be um, an hour long. Hopefully we'll see. But um, choices help for my child, the forced choice thing did not work um what I had to do with my kid is what what do you want um like for food what do you want and I let her tell me and that is difficult because she doesn't do well with choices she doesn't do well with like a lot of choices but I also know that I cannot push it I cannot force it I cannot suggest anything So I just got to give her the time. Um, Same thing, like, what do you want to do today? Or, you know, whatever. It's, let pose the question, let her think on it. Maybe it'll take all day. Maybe it'll take a few days. (laughs) You know, maybe it'll take a week. But give her that time and space without pressure. I bring it up and then I let it go. I check in every once in a while for an answer, but basically I let it go because uh, anything other than that will be a meltdown. Um, This is just really kind of knowing your kid because I'm sure uh, it's different with every child. But um, yeah, actually, I see right here. If having open choices is too much for them and leads to indecisiveness offer several options to choose from that's what happens at least to indecisiveness but also I know that I cannot offer anything else so it's giving space and freedom for my child to make the choices that she wants and being okay with that next one is reinforce social hierarchies with social stories children with past I'm just gonna say PDA children with PDA often seem to ignore social hierarchies (laughs) (laughs) or attempt to take on authoritarian role with their peers by acting bossy with other children you can create your own social stories that explain things 
such as how acting bossy can make other children feel. Um, mm, I'll say for this one, I do not subscribe to that. And it could be because I also have PDA. But I think social hierarchies are bullshit. Uh, (laughs) I don't believe in them. I don't want to partake in that. Uh, I don't, if my children don't want to partake in it, I don't want them to partake in it because it's bullshit. I don't believe in it. Uh, Bossiness. Mm, I don't know. I feel like that's a bullshit word. I do. Uh, Because when you think of bossy, I feel like you're thinking of a female. You're not thinking of a male because men can't be bossy that's how I feel like how often are you saying that a man is bossy I I haven't heard it so then you're just saying to my female child that she can't have what she wants the way she wants it and I just don't I I don't subscribe to that um I'm not teaching my kids about fucking social hierarchies and teaching them that they need to subscribe to that idea. Absolutely not. I disagree. Hard disagree with that one. Next one is share responsibilities. And there is more there. I'm not going to read it, though. Again, you can go to the website. Uh, Share responsibilities. Share responsibilities with their child and give them the opportunity to delegate some of the work that needs to get done. For example, write a a list of all the chores that need to be completed in order to get their bedroom cleaned up. This might include picking up toys, putting away laundry, putting away books, vacuuming, making the bed. Then tell your child, we need to get your room clean together. Can you be the leader and decide what jobs will be mine and which jobs will be yours? I think that's a great, great suggestion. And I wish I had seen this earlier. (laughs) I don't know if that could fly now because she just has a lot put on her already. So I think if I make a list of things that need to get done and say this needs to be done she'll freak out I would freak out I know I would freak out um <laughs> I think she would too but younger yeah for sure because she didn't know what to do that was a major issue we would have is we tell our kids to clean up their rooms and they just would not know what to do and we're like confused because we're like we've cleaned up the rooms with you guys before why don't you understand this and um I think we just have something I kind of learned is like you can have a hard time visualizing what that even means or even getting started and I know I have a hard time with that even now if I have to clean up it's like where do I even begin (laughs) you know and um yeah it's so much easier to have a list of things and then even better mentally to be like okay so what am I gonna do and you know I think if there becomes a point where um there's less stress on my daughter uh like homeschooling or something but she's not wanting to do homeschooling at the moment but if she changes her mind and she is doing it I might try to implement this but yeah I think that's a great idea Create a democratic household. In a democracy, everyone has equal rights and the leaders involve the people in making important decisions that will affect them. In your household, the leaders are the parental figures 
and the people are the kids. Children are more cooperative when they feel that they've been included in the decision-making, that their voice matters, and when there's been an open discussion and compromise when making decisions. Yeah, we, we've we kind of always done that. It's never been a... Us as parents, we're just going to make huge decisions without our kids' input because it affects them. You know, it affects them just the same, so... Uh, I think that is helpful and important, I I would say, with any family, not just if your kid is PDA, but probably more so if your kid is PDA. But you also have to listen. And if you um, are going to go in the direction that your kids suggest, have an explanation, a full explanation as to why. Uh, That is also important. (laughs) My mom would, like, ask me question very rarely because she's definitely of the mindset of like I get to do what I want because I'm the parent and she would do have life altering decisions that affected me personally and not fucking tell me about it but there was times where she would kind of discuss stuff with me and then like do the opposite of what I said and then like never explain it never say anything and I would just be like what the fuck was that did you just ask me just so you could do the opposite like you wanted to be like oh this is what I'm not gonna do that's how it felt so (laughs) I say explain um is that it? That's it for the um, the article. Let me look at my time here. Okay, so I do have a little bit of time. I wanted to get into some things that personally has helped me in um, parenting better for PDA. Um, some books is Healing Trauma Through Self-Parenting, The Codependency Connection by O'Gorman sorry yeah well O'Gorman uh Patricia O'Gorman oh my god that's hard and like I was talking about earlier I feel like especially especially generation wise millennials and you know older generations as well but as a millennial speaking for millennials I feel like there's been a lot of trauma early childhood trauma and parental trauma that we have to kind of like deal with and heal from to be better parents and even have more open ideas of what parenting can look like you know um and that's something that helped adult children of emotionally immature parents how to heal from distant rejecting or self-involved parents by lindsay gibson again that healing is very important and being able to see what is emotionally emotional immaturity i have a better understanding of that you know because i think it's really hard to kind of have that idea when you're like this is just how parents are this is just what my parent does and other parents do this then you kind of equate a lot of emotional immaturity as um viable and like it's an adult thing but it's not it's like you they, they haven't fucking grown and then you can see it in yourself as well and you can kind of again heal from that learn from that a practical guide to help your child with pda live a happier life by alice running uh, the the Tao of Pooh. So I don't remember much about this book, the PDA Happier Life thing, 
but I'm assuming I have read it (laughs) or looked through it so I can't speak on it much but I put it here for a reason so I'm sure it was helpful um The Tao of Pooh by Benjamin Hoffman this has helped so tremendously just in actually letting go of things and being less rigid and this part here that I'm going to quote is a huge thing that I keep in mind when it comes to parenting. The Wu Wei principle underlying the Tai Chi Chan, I probably mispronounced that bad and I apologize, can be understood by striking at a piece of cork floating in the water. The harder you hit it, the more it yields. The more it yields, the harder it bounces back. Without Without expending energy, the cork can easily wear you out. So Wu Wei overcomes force by neutralizing its power rather than by adding to the conflict. Conflict. With other approaches, you may fight fire with fire, but with Wu Wei, you fight fire with water. I think about that all the time when I'm about to or could possibly get into a power struggle with my child. It's like fighting fire with fire, that's not going to work. And I have to be water. And thinking about it that way has decreased so many meltdowns, so many fights in this house. And again, it's not like... It's not like um, being taken advantage of. But it's picking your battles is understanding how to handle situations as well. So that's important. Um, Just some things I found on Facebook really quick. Um, What is this page? I can't read it. They put it in cursive. Anyway, so uh, does traditional parenting work? And... There's a lot of information here or a lot of questions, but I'm just going to go straight to the cut to the chase. No, traditional parenting does not work. I feel like you have to have a major fucking overhaul of parenting and how you handle children and yourself <laughs> in general. Um, parenting distress. Oh, this is so fucking funny. Okay, sorry. Um, Parenting a child with PDA is like being thrown backwards into a speeding motorway, weaving through traffic for fear of having an accident head on. Uh, I'm indicating, but nobody will give me the right of way. Am I going to crash? Yeah, like it's really a lot of work. And because it's a lot of emotions kids with pda have a lot of fucking emotions that they are having a very hard time with like imagine having that much anxiety over simple everyday things like it's a lot and so they burn out quicker they stay burnt out longer um and constantly stressed constantly tired (laughs) probably often depressed i would love to see the numbers on how many pdaers have depression i think it would probably fucking overlap to be honest with you and you're dealing all of with all of that while feeling like fucking weird and not of this world trying to fit in and yeah it's just a lot going on there 
So I understand it, but like you as a parent, you're going to have to try to navigate this with your kid. And that's very stressful too. Um, more than just avoidance, marked avoidance, I'm sorry, marked demand avoidance is the most significant, but not the only trait of the PDA profile. She is like Jekyll and Hyde, which is what I said. You're just not strict enough, which is something I hear, but, <laughs> but he makes eye contact. So he's not autistic. Um, <laughs> they can't, they can't be autistic. Yeah. That's all very common and just not true. What was this one? Okay, so what happens when you make a demand? As humans, we naturally resist in any way we can. This is why this is why the more we try to force our children to comply, the more they retreat. So that's why it's important not to keep forcing things. Whoops. Come on. Okay, what is a demand? I think this is really important too, and then I'll probably leave it at that. But um, getting dressed, going to school, making a choice, hygiene task, making friends. Can I just say, so that's the other one. I have such a hard time like showering and brushing my teeth and doing my hair because that's like a thing I have to do, I'm supposed to do. And it's fucking annoying. Uh, actually, just yesterday, I, I did yoga, right? Uh, for the first time in a long time. I did yoga. My body felt amazing. So the next time I was like, oh, I should do yoga. I was like, I don't want to do it. And I knew that I would feel great. I really loved doing it. But just the fact that it was like an expectation, it was a demand. I was already trying to push it away. Um, and so, yeah, that goes for everything really frustrating making friends social events sleep eating and drinking taking turns (laughs) um there's a lot here so let me try to understand where this is from pdaparenting.com so if you want more information because i had a lot of great little slides that i'm gonna i'm not gonna share because i have to wrap this up because this is hitting about an hour um you can check them out there. As for TikTok, uh, a, a, a page, I don't know what you call it, a creator, sorry, a creator that I watch constantly and still learn from because there's still so much to learn is At Peace Parents. She's great at explaining things and how PDA uh, affects your child and can affect you and how to deal with that as a parent. So, oh my gosh, guys, (laughs) that was a lot. That's all the PDA stuff I have for you guys. I hope you, I hope that that was helpful uh, and that you learned something. And um, thank you so much for listening. And I love you guys. And I will catch you guys later. Bye.